This ad-free podcast is part of your Slate Plus membership. Lucky you. Hello and welcome to this mini episode of Big Mood, Little Mood. I'm your host, Danny M. Lavery, and this show is for you, our Plus subscribers. Our guest this week is W. Kamau Bell, a stand-up comedian, director, and author. He executive produces and hosts the Emmy Award-winning docuseries United Shades of America. And here we are reading a letter from a listener. If you are prepared, we can segue into our last letter. Uh, There's no good segue because it's also serious and this is serious. So I'm not going to try to make a more uh, interesting segue than just let's read our last letter. Um, The subject is MS in law. After a pretty dramatic 2021 where I went blind in one eye, I received a significant diagnosis this January. That means I'm going to experience other disabling symptoms for the rest of my life. Up until now, my partner of eight years' mother has been weird, standoffish, and downright rude to me and her son. They come from money, so I had initially assumed this was due to snobbishness about my own background. I dropped out of college three times. But things have changed since I got the news. Suddenly, my mother-in-law is being very sweet. It's like she got a total personality transplant. She's always emailing to check in about my doctor's appointments and symptoms, but doesn't say anything about my life or my hobbies or any other casual chat topics. Honestly, this change has made life easier for both my partner and me. I'm a little uncomfortable because it seems clear I've been reduced to my disability in her mind, especially as I haven't really come to terms with my diagnosis myself yet. Do I play into this change to reward good behavior? Or would any fallout be worth enforcing boundaries that I'm not even sure I have yet? (laughs) I am inclined to say you're going through a lot and you Mm -hmm. should take whatever victories you can. Mm -hmm. Um, That's, I think, my first impression. Yeah, I mean, so to not put too fine a point on this, but I certainly, um, my wife's Melissa, when I got to her family, and I've written about this in other places, like, you know, we've talked about her grandfather was sort of the the tip of this, but he, but he was not excited necessarily. I think to think about his granddaughter marrying a or dating a black guy, <laughs> you know, like and then and then because my wife is white, uh, her grandfather's Sicilian, and so there was a certainly a sense of like, and you know, and I, and so and what that did is it sort of put it chilled my relationships with everybody in the family because he was the patriarch of the family in the classic Italian sense, like everything went through him, mm-hmm. and so I wasn't that close to her parents for you know and just sort of felt like well i guess this is what it is and also at the time i was a broke comedian who they were like how is this college dropout going to take care of our daughter especially when i talked about getting married to her um so part so it's a different story in that mine does not involve disability it involves the fact that like the more success i had the more they saw people in the world taking me seriously the more they realized wait a minute we don't know what this guy's doing but it's clearly like people really not even just success, but like appreciate the work he's doing. And the more they started to take in my work and the more available it came to them. And, you know, to see that like, oh, he's a sensitive, thoughtful, caring person in ways that I hadn't shown them in our lives because I was like, you don't like me. I'm not going to turn in. And that if you were to, and so me and my wife are always sort of remarking about this. And now me and her mom are closer than we've ever been in our life, just because of the fact we've had the time to evolve our relationship. And there was never really a big talk about like, we need to figure this out. I mean, I think we had, we attempted those things, but it wasn't, didn't, those things don't happen that way, the way they happen in movies, but it was just life gave space for evolution. 
So I would say that wherever your relationship is with your mother-in-law now, it doesn't have to end here. The way into evolution is like, sometimes it's, there's a need here. And I, and as some people are good at providing that need, some people run away from that. Thank God you have a mother-in-law who's like, let me help. And the more that your mother-in-law is around, the more that you are, the more that your mother-in-law is in, in your space and in your life, I bet you the more it gets personal. And the more it becomes about like you as an individual right now, she just is uniquely qualified. Think of that, like that Liam Neeson taken. I've got a set of skills. She's mm-hmm. clearly got a set of skills that come forth when there's emergency or when there's need for, for help. And so, yeah, I feel like, yay, good for you for having that person, but don't expect that all of it's going to change over time. But I bet you the more she's around, the more personal and the more individualized the attention will be. Yeah. I, I think, you know, obviously on just like a really straightforward level, I think it's totally fine for you to say, I may decide to revisit this later. I don't necessarily love this. This isn't something that I'm like glad about, but I will take the win if she's going to be more solicitous and less rude. Great. Um, it doesn't mean that we're close in the way that she might want us to be close. And it doesn't mean that I have to like what I imagine might be some of the reasons behind it. But, uh, you know, I have limited time and energy to expend upon a woman who has historically been kind of rude to me. And so I'm just not going to worry about this. Like I will just take the win and go. And that would be absolutely fine. I also don't want to speculate too much, like why she did the classic, like Walter Scott pivot, you know, like a woman in our hour of need, anxious, coy, and hard to please when pain and anguish rack the brow, a ministering angel thou. Like maybe she just is great in a crisis. Maybe she finds, uh, you know, other people's like diagnoses interesting. Maybe she just thinks of it as like a project. Maybe she has weird thoughts and feelings about illness and diagnoses. I, I don't know. For whatever reason, she finds this like worthwhile to talk about. She finds a new interest in you. As long as you're not finding it like horribly invasive or like she's trying to insert herself into uh, like appointments or or planning that you don't want her, um, that's fine. And I think the other thing is like, you can always decide to discuss this later. You say like, I don't even know what boundaries I want to have with her around this. And so my suggestion there would be, you know, consider having a possible conversation with her after you've spent a little time thinking about what boundaries you might like. And you might find that they kind of come up in the moment. Like you realize, oh, I actually really like that she did this. Or this actually kind of reminds me of how much I I wished that she had done this eight years ago. And I don't want this from her now. So give yourself time and space to talk about possible boundaries, you know, with yourself, with trusted friends, maybe with your partner. And then once you have a clearer sense of what you would like, then you can think about talking about it with her. But yeah, just because you decide we're not going to have a big come to Jesus talk right now, it doesn't mean you can't choose to have one with her in a month or six months or a year. So, you know, there's no pressure outside of what you need and what feels important to you. So don't feel like you have to decide now. And if you don't say anything, you can't say anything, you know, this fall. Cause it's like the time to speak up was when you got diagnosed and that time has passed. So like that's over. You really can bring this up anytime that you like. Um, and yeah, I maybe talk about it with your partner as well and say like, have you noticed this too? This is strange. Has she done this in the past with other people? What's your sense of how this sort of lines up with her behavior and other aspects of her life? Um, but yeah, you can also just say like, it's kind of nice that this difficult lady was nice when I got diagnosed and that's it. No more and no less. Like 
I, I think there can be ways in which it can feel like, is it okay for a relationship to improve slightly if that doesn't mean we then also really dig in deep and figure out what was wrong before? You can also just think of her as somebody who you fundamentally like hold at a little bit of a remove in your own heart, but are also not so deeply invested in that you want to have like a big, honest conversation if she hasn't earned your trust on that front. All that being said, you also absolutely can. If you decide, again, tomorrow, in six weeks, in a year, in whatever time frame, if you feel like, actually, I just feel really uncomfortable not acknowledging the elephant in the room. And I would just like to say something like, it's been really nice to see the way in which you've been so supportive since I was diagnosed. I also just want to acknowledge that historically, you have not been this, you know, I I haven't seen this from you before. Um, And so- I'm a little surprised. Um, was something going on? You know, was uh, was there a reason that you were holding yourself back earlier? Was there a reason um, that I didn't see this from you sooner? And you know, that would be a perfectly reasonable thing to say. She might not have a great response, but you could say it. It's a, it's not illegal. Um, you 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 know, you can do it. Yeah, I think that's for I think the big thing I think about is just give yourself some grace. You're going through a lot right now and be and, you know, it's it's be happy to ha- like, you know, I'm not be happy, but like, yeah, you have help. <laughs> like, just like, that's just like give yourself some grace and that you don't have to you don't have to fight every battle in every moment. I think that the idea being that like and I would say just for my own life, you could not have told me like I just saw my mother in law. Uh, and let me be clear, the racism I did not experience from her, for her, it was the difficulty of being in the middle of this thing with her dad and, you know, and this and this man who was dating her daughter who he, she did not know. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then who they, and then our relationship to get better because we just were both sort of it, holding our, our positions. But like when she left this weekend, she stayed at our house for the past week she, and, and she went out of her way to come give me a hug, which is not a hug that I would have, that I had maybe for the first few years of our relationship. And she's very gracious and I'm very gracious back. And there's sort of this subtext of like, we both know what we went through to get here, but we haven't talked about it. And we may never talk about it. Cause I think the more important thing is to live it is to be like, she, you know, I make it clear, like you can come stay at our house whenever you want to. You're the, you're, you know, you're the, you're, you're the, you're the, you're like the most fun grandma that my kids have, which is a lot because my mom's still around. But my, my wife's mom's grandmothering is like the on the floor doing all the stuff. My mom is the wisdom, is the wisdom, you know. Yeah. Uh, although she'll dance occasionally too. But, uh, but like sort of like the idea being that like we may never have the big all on deck conversation, but the actions that we're living make it clear that we both are aware how stuff has shifted and we're, and we're both, we prefer this version versus the old version. So yeah. I think don't always expect that you may never get the full conversation, but if things keep shifting in a positive direction, it's just clear that like every, that things are changing. Yeah. And it can be really subjective. Like it's all a question of what works for you. You know, there might be people who would feel like I have a pretty utilitarian relationship with my in-laws. And as long as there's not like active conflict or hostility, that's all I need. I don't need them to know the inner workings of my soul. I don't need to share every like frustration with them as they come up. I just want to like have a smooth every other Christmas and that's it. And that is fine. And somebody else might say, you know, I actually, you know, really value my relationship with my partner. Uh, Something that feels important is that we have like pretty honest relationships with one another's families. And so I'm willing to, you know, name a dynamic or identify something that they really want to go unspoken. And I'm okay with being a little uncomfortable in order to do that. That is also great and fine. It's really just a question of what do you feel okay with? So, you know, you say, I'm a little uncomfortable because it seems clear that I've been reduced to my disability in her mind. 
um, you know, just ask yourself more questions about how that makes you feel, um, especially given that it doesn't sound like she had a very comprehensive feeling or idea of you in her mind prior to this. So it's not as if you went from thinking she saw me as this complete well-rounded person and is now downgrading me so much as like she thought of me as like maybe an irritant or an encumbrance. And now she thinks of me as a slightly interesting project. Neither of those involve seeing me as like the full and rich and complicated human being that I am. Um, does one really bother me more than the other? Or do I just worry that I'm supposed to be bothered more by one than the other? Um, what do I want from her? Would I rather have like an awkward fight and then maybe more frostiness? Or would that feel preferable to me than like never acknowledging this big change? And I would just say whatever comes up for you as you ask those questions is totally appropriate and totally reasonable. Anybody might have a number of different reactions to such a situation. And it's really just a question of, what do I want from her? What would be my best case scenario? What would be the worst case scenario? And what what's kind of the in-between areas that I might consider swimming around in for a while? But, you know, my bottom line is you have a lot of freedom to pursue different conversations if you feel prepared to. You do not have to have any of those conversations. Um, you are not like doing something wrong by letting her get away with something if you just like take these nice emails at face value and then occasionally say like, by the way, we never really discuss our hobbies. Would you like to? Um, you could also say that. Yeah. And I think let's also not forget. And I think this is a key part of this. Literally one of the oldest tropes in the history of entertainment is mother-in-laws not getting along with the partners of their kids. <laughs> so like we have to you're not alone. Like, yeah. You're not in some sort of like uncharted territory. So it doesn't. And often that just means that like mothers have a hard time letting their kids go no matter who that partner is. So I think like, let's just be. I, and I know there was rude behavior, but I think just remember you're, 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 you're not walking alone. on, yeah, you're not alone. You're walking on well-trodden ground. So for me, that's actually the, huh, of course, this is a thing that happens for lots of different reasons. It's not just me and this person. Mm -hmm. My last, last thought here, cause I know we do need to wrap up. is just, you should also give yourself a lot of permission to milk anything that you can. Again, like mm -hmm. you've been through a lot with this lady. Uh, if you're ever like, oh, this, this conversation is getting kind of boring. I'm going to maybe play up how tired I'm feeling so that she immediately rushes to, of course, of course, I'll leave you alone. <laughs> do it. You have my full permission, whatever yes. you need to do. Yeah. Um, and good luck. Let us know how that goes. Before I close, I have a letter from a listener who wanted to, um, share some feedback in response to the letter, uh, The Fear I Understand, which was from a letter writer who had recently left a cult uh, and was experiencing a profound sense of grief and disorientation um, as they contemplated entering the larger world. I want to share something with The Fear I Understand letter writer. I left a religious cult that sounds pretty similar almost a decade ago, and I feel her profound thoughts and feelings even all these years later. Connecting with non-believers can be incredibly difficult, even when you find people you like, often because we were raised so differently that our brain development uh, was affected and is sometimes quite literally physically different. What feels like common sense to a lot of other Americans is often something we were never taught. I had to work with multiple psychologists just to learn how to perceive reality, trust myself, and overcome some of the conditioning that I thought was just my basic personality. 
I hope that you can give yourself patience and grace. It's not necessarily that you can't find your people or that nobody but your cult cares if you live or die, but that you'll need some help connecting with yourself first. I wish you all the best. Thank you so much for that letter writer. And um, I'll be sure to uh, read any additional uh, updates or feedback that I get about that letter because that one has stayed on my mind um, since, since reading it. So thank you so much. I hope that you are just getting a ton of support. Um, and that goes for all of you. Thanks so much for listening. I'll see you next time. Thank you for joining us on Big Mood, Little Mood with me, Danny Lavery. Our producer is Phil Circus, who also composed our theme music. Don't miss an episode of the show. Head to slate.com slash mood to sign up to subscribe or hit the subscribe button on whatever platform you're using right now. Thanks. Also, if you can, please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. We'd love to know what you think. If you want more Big Mood, Little Mood, you should join Slate Plus, Slate's membership program. Members get an extra episode of Big Mood, Little Mood every Friday, and you'll get to hear more advice and conversations with the guest. And as a Slate Plus member, you'll also be supporting the show. Go to slate.com forward slash mood plus to sign up. It's just $1 for your first month. If you'd like me to read your letter on the show, maybe you need a little advice, maybe some big advice, head to slate.com slash mood to find our Big Mood, Little Mood listener question form, or find a link in the description on the platform you're using right now. Thanks for listening. <laughs>